Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to see what you were going to do. What? I wanted to see what you were going to do. I know. It's, I have the hardest job, okay? <laughs> I had to follow up. Welcome know. back to Back to Square One. We need a jingle for reals. Like an official one. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, this is episode four. We thank you for tuning in. Um, Welcome back. This uh, this episode would be kind of a part two of episode three. <laughs> <laughs> we went really sidetracked there for sure. We we, we yeah. <laughs> Our original itinerary was to talk about uh, <laughs> dating and what you look for in a partner and why having a Chinese partner is uh, significant. There's literally no point in us planning out episodes. <laughs> We do not follow them at all, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Yeah, when you're feeling the flow, you gotta go with yeah, it. Yeah, it's know? genuine. We it's unscripted. We don't plan these things. <laughs> um, yeah, it's come straight from the heart. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, let's uh, try to stay on track for this one though. Um. Okay. Well, in the last episode. I revealed that. Uh, <laughs> I revealed this like a sitcom. <laughs> no, um, I mean I, you know, I think everyone has like a checklist of what they look for in a significant other or like a mm-hmm. life partner, um, and I think everyone's dying to know <laughs> what is on Derek Hughes' checklist. Before we get there. <laughs> At any point when you were single, did you look around your friends and try to think who could fit in here as your significant other? Because I, we're 32 now, every single one of our friends is in relationships? Mm, most. Who's single? I'm not going to call single oh, okay. people Okay, okay, there's like two people. Yeah. Me and one other person, maybe. Me yeah. And, right? But basically, half the time when we hang out now, I really kind of, like, take a step back, and I'm looking at it from, like, a third-person perspective, and I'm like, who is this girl that, if I'm dating, can fit into this picture? Because mm. she has to, or else it's, like, I'm, I'm too ingrained into our friendships mm-hmm. and our friends' lifestyles where it's not going to change. Like you have to fit into this, mm-hmm. right? Cause I'm not getting taken out of it. This is my, this is my world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Who is going to fit into my world? And I keep coming back to it. And it's not only for this reason only, but it just has to be a Chinese girl or it has to be an Asian girl for, for instance. Yeah. I think, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I have no, no one else will work here you're gonna she's gonna feel left out she's not gonna fully be on the same wavelength i'm gonna be pulled out of the the present situation because now i'm worrying about her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and it just that's what it feels like i mean i think it's hard because i mean we do have people in our group who are married to Mm non-asians um but those are definitely people that i always expected to end up with non-asians um, but for you, did you expect me to? <laughs> uh, huh? You expected me to end up with an Asian? 
Oh, a hundred percent. Really? Yeah, a thousand percent. Wow. I mean, like honestly, when you tell me that you've dated white girls in my head, I'm just like. Yeah, go on dates with them. I, I could, haven't dated. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even picture like what you guys would talk about. <laughs> it's definitely. A, you talk about the same things. You talk about the same things, but there's so much more depth and culture and inside jokes where I like as I go throughout my day, I have these little things that pop in my mind, like these little Chinese things. Mm -hmm. And I have no one to like, I just know that if I have a partner here, she has to be Cantonese. Like, who am I going to give this to? You think specifically they have to be Cantonese? Yeah, specifically Cantonese. I have oh, so much. Like it's not just that they have to be Asian. Like they have to. Specifically that, dude, Cantonese. that really narrows it down to a very small population. Because then, then I then I understand there's so much inside of me. Because we grew up Chinese as our first language. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Even though my Chinese is terrible, it still was the language i communicated to my parents and then i learned english to talk to the kids at school yeah you know so there's still so much of my thought process or things that i have inside of me that if i if my partner isn't cantonese there's like a portion of me that is just dormant that is like nowhere to go mm. and it feels really sad so then why do you go on dates with non Cantonese because people. there's all these Asian girls that seem like two the same, like like as per episode three, where you felt like the schedule, you know, university, then job. It felt like everyone was on that course, and like, are you guys not like trying to do your own thing and live life? Yeah, because I think definitely like the path that you took is definitely right. very non-traditional. Traditional. Yeah. So, so it's more relatable to like maybe more like non-asians yeah exactly so that's how you can bond so maybe sometimes it's like you might have to sacrifice a little bit of your culture like the cantonese culture but in order to find someone who actually relates to you career path wise you know mm -hmm. or vice versa you know or it doesn't even have to be like why do you have to find someone who's cantonese who also kind of like you know, why can't they just like respect you, the path that you took? Do they also need to have? No, no, they, they also don't. Like as I get older and older, what I look for is just someone who can give you peace. Wow. Who can just be a really good friend. And we are doing this thing called life together. You know, I mean, it's like, but there are certain things like the fact that she needs to speak Cantonese because that's so much a part of me, even more so, uh, even more so than me, you know, being an entrepreneur and working a non-traditional schedule, M more so than that, more, I'm finding that more of me is Cantonese. Wow. And that's like the pillar of who I am. And also because I think there's so much. I think we talked about this before. There's more intimacy when you can speak Cantonese or your native language to your significant other. There's these. these this was the language that your mother spoke to you mm -hmm. when you were a child. 
This was the way you learned to see the world because this is how they taught you things. This is how you learned to count first. Yeah. You know, this is... I came into the this world through this language. So that's why it feels more intimate. I need to be able to speak that same language to the other person that I'm equally as connected to as, you know, as my parental figure. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of what it is. What's sad is that realistically when you do find that person you'd be surprised like how little chinese you probably speak to each other you know but but knowing that you can yeah it's just knowing that you can and you know wow you're really more canto than i thought you were really you just broke a lot of uh girls hearts that uh, were semi-interested but aren't cantonese i mean (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't think I broke their hearts. I, I don't think they would want, I'm definitely too much of a, I have a lot of sorting out to do first. So I definitely didn't break any hearts. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a girl that I was talking to recently. Okay. Where she's a great girl. Yes. Like I, I feel like I have good taste in women. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Great girl definitely could have been you know something could have been you know hey let's explore dating Mm -hmm. but i had to a large reason why i had to like kind of call it off was she wasn't cantonese and i just knew i have so much like working on myself to do Mm -hmm. like i'm i was always on the fence whether or not i have like commitment issues or intimacy issues Mm -hmm. but now it's i'm for sure at least all these things Mm. so it's like i don't even know if i'm going to be dating in the next little bit (laughs) unless unless this girl is like the most patient most sweet most in love with me person where she's going to like work through all of this but even that will probably be so overwhelming for you yeah well for sure i yeah trying to figure it out but ha- like having the stress like oh my god this person is like waiting for me like there's a lot oh, of pressure the, like with that, right? yeah uh not so much as a guy but maybe they'd really have to understand you to be able to work you through your problems like that way not so much like oh i love you so much like i will wait for you to like sort your th- shit out mm-hmm. yeah but what what made you what made you realize the that you had commitment issues or that you have commitment issues? I'm very used to being alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Even my in my house, everyone's in their own room. My parents don't sleep in the same room. Everyone just does their own thing. Mm-hmm. You go home, you go to your room, you do your thing, you know? And that's where I feel very comfortable. So that's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And another aspect of it is I'm very ashamed of the brokenness and dysfunctional side of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in movies where like, you know, happy couple, you know, they're dating, they're in love, they're married or whatever freak accident happens to the guy he's like oh i don't want you to see me anymore i don't even want you to come to the hospital room 
let's say he got into an accident, his face is, you know, disfigured or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like that, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what I liken it to. Like, I don't want you to see me like this. And what I mean by that is, like, my, my insides. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't let you inside because it's it's not pretty in there. It's not like I'm this healthy, functional person. I mean, you've obviously been in relationships before. Have you ever let any of those girls in? Have they ever seen... Maybe like a f- they've they know the story. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed or I'm always very vulnerable and I'll tell my story and I'll I'll let you know. Hey, this is what I come from. This is how I feel. This is kind of I understand why the way I am. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't think there's like the door doesn't open any further than that. Mm-hmm. And even on the drive here, what I was thinking was. Both, so both my exes, I have two ex-girlfriends. They're both roughly like a year dating. Mm-hmm. Let's say we saw each other once every three days. 365 divided by three is like 100 and something. 100 something is only like, let's say 120 is only like four months. Mm-hmm. So I only saw a person for four months. Mm-hmm. I was only with you for four months. Mm-hmm. I'm 32 years old. Mm-hmm two girlfriends four months each eight months that means f- for 31 months 31 years and four months i've been single so this is very default mode for me mm-hmm. you know so my worry is the longer this i'm very cognizant of this as well where the longer this goes on it, i get more and more entrenched in this mold and it gets harder to break out of which is a very bad like very not a good thing so I do feel a lot of rush for myself, not for the other person to like, yo, you got to fix this. Because ultimately you do want to end up with someone. Yeah, for sure. No one wants to be alone. Yeah. You know, it's just, but at the same time, the tough thing is as well, I don't know where this came from. It might come from the fact that um, there's like a lot of shame in my past. Mm-hmm. But I have really high standards and I can't tolerate like like little things will just like bug me and like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it's like it just feels like with all these variables, uh, not finding someone. <laughs> so what kind of active <clears throat> steps are you taking? This. Oh, my. That's a lot of pressure <laughs> on me. <laughs> Um, please like this video, <laughs> blow us up. No, it's, 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 have you thought about like talking to a professional about it? I have, I just don't know if like, I understand. I feel like I know what a professional would do. They would, you know, tell you to start somewhere. Like whatever you th- are you're trying to achieve, you break it down to the simplest goal that you can do. For instance, if you have issues opening up, then you just start with one little fact with somebody. You know, you share it with one person, then you share something more, then you share something more, and then all of a sudden the doorway is much more open, right? Mm-hmm. So that's fine. I feel like that's not that's not an issue. It's just finding the right person you want to invest into now. So it's less of a therapeutic. It's less of a therapy issue. More of a I need to find the right 
partner first and then I'll, well, at least in my mind, and then I'll start working through it with them, opening myself up. Because until then, who am I opening up to to get better? But then you're kind of counter, you're, you're literally countering yourself though. You're like, I need to work on myself before I can find that person. And now I need to find that person to it, work it, on. It feels like a chicken or egg situation. I don't know. Cause how do you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like what comes first? Yeah. Do you think that if you had a better relationship with your parents, like that, like maybe the first step is to maybe try to mend like I don't even know how but try to maybe mend your family relationships like maybe not even with your dad or like maybe just the people you care about like your mom or maybe your brother do like do I think that will help in the yeah. situation to be honest I don't think so Really? When um, I was out uh, with dinner with some friends the other day, mm -hmm. and um, someone asked me, and they're like, oh, you know, what's your brother up to? Or they asked me, oh, sorry, is your brother still living at home? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. Uh, I think he is. Mm -hmm. And then someone else was like, oh, you're so dramatic, bro. And I didn't say anything in the moment. But I was—I really took that comment. I was like, I guess to other people, when I say I have no—I I honestly have no idea. Mm -hmm. It sounds very dramatic. Mm -hmm. But in everyone's mind, you have like a file on someone, right? Mm -hmm. If I ask you how your mom's doing, how your sister's doing, oh yeah, you pull up the file. Oh yeah, she's doing good. She's been into yoga lately. Whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. There is no file in my mind for these people, for my father. For my mother, for my brother, there's no file. Is your brother living at home? How's he doing? I honestly have no idea. You know, so I don't know if having a relationship with them would help. I guess it wouldn't hurt, but I don't think it would help necessarily per se. I think those files are probably empty because like like you literally have no communication with them, right? It's it's like you don't make the effort to know. It's very easy to just be like, "Hey, what do you what have you been up to?" Like you have a file on me, you know, and you have a file on I so have a and so. file on a very Okay, how many people in your mind, right? You have, we, we both obviously have a large friendship circle. Mm -hmm. How many people would you really say you have a good file on? Honestly, like at least 10 people. Oh, including family? Like, yeah, like total. Like 20 people. I'm pretty good with like... Are you good with like your friends and what they do for a living? And I don't know what happened. Like they tell me, but I don't remember. I don't know exact the exact roles where they work. Mm. Do you do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you know that stuff? Maybe not for everyone, but that stuff to me, I guess, is not really important. But I know, like, 
what they've been up to, what trips they're planning, like those little things, like right. I know, yeah. But okay, I guess going back, sorry. So, what are some of the things that <laughs> this isn't going to be solved on here? So don't feel any pressure I know, I know. to ask the right. But like, what are some of the things that are like that you're actually scared? Like, you don't have to go into specifics. Just generally. Is it like the family stuff that you feel is very, you're ashamed of? Is it like, what is it that you're scared to show the other person? Um, so my whole story, and I'll say to, to all the listeners here, you, I think I've told you this before, is when I was growing up, I started working with my dad at eight years old, right? He used to do renovations. Um, he used to drag us out, you know, we'd be like kicking and screaming and obviously not want to go. But every, every March break, Christmas break, summer vacation, anytime we weren't in school, we were in my dad's truck driving to someone's house to do work. Mm. And at the time, our house was very cold, very dysfunctional, very unhealthy, just very not normal. And I think, I think kids might have ideas that their house isn't uh, or their family isn't proper or something's wrong or something doesn't feel right but i received confirmation of this a thousand times because i would go into other people's houses and it just was not like ours right the, the, the vibe was different they were a lot warmer even if it wasn't perfect for instance i'm not saying like everyone's family is perfect from the outside looking in but you can just tell that you don't have the same type of arguments in this house that you have in mind you know, I mean, the things that happen in our house don't happen here. Mm. So I've always felt like an outsider. I felt like an outsider in society, which kind of gave me the permission as well to pursue what I want to pursue. Like, whereas you guys, I feel like you, you guys felt like I have to stick to this timeline because that's what we do. That's what Asians in the suburbs do. That's what suburban kids do. Mm-hmm. Right. You identified yourself as I'm part of this category. Right. My category does this. Mm-hmm. I never felt like that because I always felt like an outsider. So, for instance, when uh, when I was in grade 12, I was talking to this girl, um, very pretty, very tall, popular girl. Mm-hmm. I went over to her house for the first time. Mm-hmm. And her house was very warm. And I immediately knew, like, okay, this is not going to work out. Like, it's so different. It's almost like triggering your own trauma right and i also knew hey summer's coming up soon i'm not going to be able to um hang out with you and this is never going to work you know so so you just kind of know like i don't i don't know how to like capture that that but you just know like hey we're different i'm i'm not you know we're just just not going to work no, I can see that. It's like, and, and oh, you it, came from this, like, happy, warm family, and it's like. Yeah, we're just from different worlds. Yeah, different worlds, yeah. And I think that's, like, why it's also hard to open up, because it's just, like. Yeah, it's just, it's just, like, when you're with that person, is are they really going to understand? Like, at the end of the day, you still have something to go back to. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Damn. I feel like, though... <sighs> Have you never met anybody who also went through the same things as you? Or came from a similar upbringing? So one of the things on my checklist when I was very young, mm -hmm. I told myself, yo, this girl, whoever I date, has to have gone through some shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need someone who's been through some fucking pain. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, that's when, when I do talk to girls on dates, I do try to like flesh that out. Like, have you been through some shit? Mm -hmm. Or has your life been, you know, really blessed and fortunate and rainbows and butterflies, mm -hmm. you know? Um, sorry, what was the question? Damn, you have some real deep first dates <laughs> want to come up to my apartment though <laughs> wow yeah, i mean i like to talk i like to um I, I want to the purpose of the date is to get to know you yeah yeah yeah. so that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get to know you right you know and i think sometimes it throws girls off uh, but sometimes it works yeah, but also at the end of the day, yeah, I feel like you can't really relate to people who have who haven't been through. Some yeah, shit. it's just like show, tell me who you are. Yeah, like, and I'll tell you if there's a second date or not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell me if you have good parents. Or yeah, <laughs> tell me some shit. Show me your scars. I'll show you mine. Wow, that's that's really. <sighs> I don't even know, like. Therapy can help. I just, yeah, I, I, I just don't see why, like, bettering, why bettering your relationship with your brother or your mom, who you do, of course, care about. Because I share more with you, with you guys. I'm not saying you have to share anything with them, but, you know, why not even just be on like speaking terms? Or at least like no like hang out like once a month. It's just weird because I I have reached out before. I I remember one time like I think <laughs> this always comes up when I'm talking to a girl, for instance. Mm -hmm. And most recently, I was I was at a situation with a girl, and it always comes up, and I always tell about talk about this, and they always say you should reach out to your parents, and I always try. I think if my mom ever knew, that's when I text her and be like, "Hey, do you want to grab lunch?" <laughs> that that her, her her son is seeing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Here we go again. <laughs> um, but I remember I did, and I was like, "Oh, you want to grab lunch?" And my mom said, "No, I'm okay. Just like just take care of yourself." Wow. So there are times where it's like it's a mismatch, where wait, sorry, those are her words. I don't know what it is exactly, but it was like. And you, is it like through a text that you ask yeah, her? Yeah, text. Yeah. Oh, like, hey, you want to grab lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. It's always mi mismatch. And then there'll be times where, you know, she'll be like, hey, your aunt's in town. Do you want to just eat, have dinner with everyone? And I'm not really feeling it. So it's like, you know, it's missed connections. It's not like she's just waiting at home for me, like, talk to me, you know. And it, it's just when you have been like this for so long is there was since childhood there was like not that relationship so it's like what do you what are we trying to rekindle right now 
mm-hmm. there wasn't any Kindle in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's what it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's why it has to be a Chinese girl too, because I feel like there's so much like, like I almost need um, love from a Chinese person because I didn't get love from a Chinese person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you cry if your mom and dad died? My dad, no. Um, I don't think I would cry about their my mom's death. I cry a lot at weddings when I see the happiness that other people have and I realize that is what I've missed out on. So I've kind of like already mourned the loss of my parents already, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the physical death of your parents is like Yeah. Not comparable to Yeah, the the emotional bond. The loss of no, not having that bond or like Yeah. Them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's honestly really some days when I'm at some days I re- wonder if shooting weddings is healthy for me or not. Mm. Sometimes it's really good to see that and understand that there's so much love in the world between parents and children and mm-hmm. family. And sometimes it's yo like I look at them and I wonder like how different would I have turned out if I had this. Mhm. You know. Mhm. So I don't know. I remember uh, you were shooting this wedding that I was a part of and uh, after the tea ceremony do you remember what you told me? Yeah I, I, I cried during that tea ceremony Yeah I don't, know, I don't know I hope no one noticed but yeah so to to everyone listening a Chinese tea ceremony is kind of like when um, your parents your aunts your cousins your older cousins all your elders basically yeah your elders um you pour tea for them. Yeah. And then, what's the significance of it? It's like a sign of respect. You're, they're drinking your tea and then they give you like gifts and things like that. It's they just kind of like, yeah, they, you know, it's like life. respecting. Like when you pour someone tea, it's like a sign of respect. Um, and it's basically them welcoming, you, in, welcoming right, right, right. you into the family, things like that. But yeah, you... Yeah, I, I remembered looking at that and be like, oh... When I get married one day, who's going to be at my tea ceremony? And again, there was no file. Like, Probably it'd just be all my future wife's side. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll invite my mom just out of like courtesy. But even then, it'd just be her, just her. And that's one little quick tea. And I'll probably cry. She'll probably cry. And then <laughs> probably go again years without... Uh, Seeking each other. Yeah, I don't know. You know, in the previous episode, Mm -hmm. you talked about how your dad was like an astronaut dad. Mm. I almost wish our roles were reversed. 
where my dad wasn't in my life. You know what I mean? Where like your his presence was very negative in the outcome of things. You mean like you almost wish he just wasn't even in the picture yeah, yeah. versus the negative impact he had on your life? No, because that because that's what his presence is what caused the negative impact. Yeah. You know, which is, I think, the irony of like humans. You look at I, you, I look at your situation and like that. You look at someone else's situation. And, oh, I wish I had that. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but here we are. Wow. Do, does your brother have a good relationship with your parents? No, definitely not. No one has a good relationship with each other. Anyone? It's like a four-way like. So your parents don't get along. So no one talks to each other, but they live in the same house. Yeah, essentially. We all have, like, it's the gift and curse of uh, having a big house in the suburbs. We had five bedrooms in our house for some fucking goddamn reason. <laughs> so you guys never ate dinner together. It was like... Like when you're really young, you do. Yeah. But then afterwards, it's just like, hey, there's, you know, there's food. Just eat it up for yourself. You know, and my dad would work really late, so he'd come home at like, you know, nine ten p.m. We'd be done eating, probably in bed at then already, kind of thing during a school night. So, th- when was the last time they saw you, like in flesh? Um, maybe early pandemic. I went home to get some mail. And you saw both of them. Yeah, I saw both of them. It's the first time I saw my dad in a long time. He like aged a lot. Did he talk to you? Yeah, for the first time in... Well, it was the first time we engaged in conversation. What did he say? Oh, my God. The first things he... He said... To a son he hasn't seen or talked to in, like... Honestly, like a decade. Mm-hmm. The last time I really talked to him was when he drove me home one time from Waterloo. When I was second year university. Oh, my God. That, that was, was like, like a car conversation. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah, more than that. But the first thing he says to me is like, hey, how much money have you saved up? You know what I mean? It's like not even a, hey, how are you? How's your life? It's just like back to the, back to what, you know what I mean? Back to this uh, rift of, oh, you chose this lifestyle. You chose to be an entrepreneur. You know, you're never going to make it. This is an unwise decision. You know, like literally, like I remember just being so angry in my mind, like, come on, man, like. Like, even if I wanted to, like, rebuild the relationship, like, how can I do this, right? But did you try to, like, make them understand at any point? Like, or is it just, like, you you made up in your mind that it's, like, just not worth, like... It's, I don't... And I think the issue also arises from my Chinese not being good enough. Mm. So it's, like, so much I want to say, mm-hmm. but I don't even know how to express it. And their English is not... Their English is good, but oh, okay. I wouldn't talk to them in a full... It's just weird to talk to your parents in a full thing. Yeah, of it, yeah, right? Yeah. You would just like, don't worry about it. Or just just never mind, right? You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Do you ever go like that, right? You just... When you can't feel like you can't explain, you just... It's ah, true, yeah. Or even if you want to explain something, it's like... You come across sounding so stupid because like... Yeah. The words we use are so basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then for, for whatever reason, we just brush it off versus having the conversation in English. Yeah, yeah. Which is really weird, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels really weird to talk to your parents in English. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so it's just... 
like you you stand there and then it almost feels like a lecture again they're they're interrogating you and it feels like you're a kid again and you're like okay fuck this why am i going through this i'm I'm out of here peace (laughs) but the fact that he like he's very oblivious he's very unhealthy he's very dysfunctional himself and that is the root cause of everything and early on i knew i had to get out of the fucking house (laughs) like get me out of here you know i'm gonna go crazy I feel like I'm the only sane one here who sees what's happening. Like, do you guys not see what's going on? You know, how can you allow this? So tell us, like, I mean, tell us some of the things, I guess, like what, like, why you, do you think of your dad that way? Sorry. He's very, so he just get into like weird phases. For instance, when we were kids, like, he, there was a phase where he was watching a lot of Discovery Channel and, like, the old war history channel and stuff and wars and training soldiers. And he'd force us to, like, sit down and watch it with him and be like, you guys need to be soldiers, you know. Um, go outside right now and do you know what Tsinghua Tiu is? Yeah. Yeah. So it would be, like, a foot of snow in our backyard go outside right now for half an hour and go jump around in circles while you're squatting it's like jumping around like a like you're a frog like a frog basically yeah and you're like a nine-year-old kid this is miserable like why am i doing this so he would see something in a documentary like yeah and then be like this is what you guys need to do to be like soldiers or whatever yeah he would he would always say um guan fat yu san wow damn which is like uh what's that translate to? it translate to like um like the military is rule like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's law is law is yeah. law yeah yeah and and that's what it would be wow and it would just be like very unreasonable things he would like make us do that at the gas station all of a sudden he would make us do that in the front yard when the neighbors were there he would you know, so that's like one thing. The other thing is when he took us to work, it felt it felt so degrading. We were these kids in dirty clothes. You know, it felt like we were just below everyone. And it felt really embarrassing. We would walk through like Walmart or Home Depot to buy like right supplies for the next job and I'd walk by another kid and the, the parent would pull that other kid away because I was I was dirty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he had like a terrible temper. At any moment, if you said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing, he would explode. Mm-hmm. Like you would see like so much rage in a human being, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just yelling everything at you, right? And this would be anywhere while you're in the middle of eating your rice in the middle of a Home Depot, in the middle of just, right, just letting it loose on you. And it's just like, you're just very broken down and it's very hard to, um, there's just no relationship when, when in a situation like that, you know, it's just an oppressor and the oppressed. Yeah. Like I feel like it's very, um, military. Yeah. 
Like there was no love. There was oh, no, no like care. It was very like discipline was his way of like trying to make you guys tough or something or that's and your mom was supportive of all of this like no which is like the like they would always get into arguments which is like even like the more sad thing they would argue and she would cry and seeing your mom cry like as a kid is so tough yeah you know and when it's over and over and it's always about the same thing it's just like like get me out of here mm-hmm. you know and at, you know there was only so much she could argue with so sometimes you just let it slide because it's just like i get it from her and like what am i gonna do mm-hmm. right so it's just yeah which is kind of yeah you think that you'd maybe have a stronger relationship with your mom because you know you guys all bond in like knowing that your dad was that kind of person you think that like it would be like oh your brother and you Mm -hmm. would be so close because you guys share that same experience but it's not the case yeah because like we had our own thing too it's like she didn't believe in what i wanted to do either the moment i told her like hey after university i want to pursue doing my own things you know she was very much against it she was very much you know I would come, I would uh, be upstairs and I would walk downstairs and I would hear my, my parents and my brother whispering in the the kitchen, like, oh, don't be like your brother. What he's doing is so stupid. Don't, you know, be smarter than that. And so it's just like, you just understand that, okay, they, at the end of the day, even though she is on my side against my dad, it's still both of them against me in what I want to pursue. So you just really have to you really have to determine do I want the relationship with my parents or do I want to pursue what I wanted to pursue? And that was like held up. It's like black or white, right? But yeah, sure. That was that was a decision you had to make, you know, when you left home to mm. pursue what you wanted to do. But even very young, it's like, am I going to listen to these people? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be around these people? Do I want, or is it just i'm just gonna do whatever you want so you can get off my case and so that i not in this vicinity mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's what mm-hmm. it felt more like but now mm-hmm. right like it's almost like you're at that you're 32 you're no longer really seeking their approval mm-hmm. what's stopping you now like is it just more the idea that it's too far gone the relationship is just too far yeah, gone there just never was a relationship as well Mm-hmm. I feel like Asian parents are really bad at building relationships. Yes. They're more like, right? Like, I'm your Uber driver to take you to math class, to, t- or to extra math studies, to take you to swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. You're going to do this, you're going to do this. But there's no, it's a very transactional relationship, it feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Right? I want you to do this, I will take you there, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you do it and you don't complain. And, right? It's not like, Hey, what are you into these days? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What games are you playing? What you know, what's what's your friend Billy up to? Right. Right? It's not yeah. it's not that relationship. Right. So when there's nothing to begin with, there's just nothing to go back to. Wow. Yeah, so this is a lot of the stuff that I will have to be dealing with. Um 
to hopefully one day be happy, be married, <laughs> and not have kids. So how do you think, like, your, your upbringing, like, stops you from committing? Like, just that shame that you were saying? Is that, is that it? Or There's definitely a part of it. I feel more outsider. I feel... I feel like I can't... It's hard for me to connect with someone in terms of, like, um... Like, actually, like, plug in with someone. Because mm-hmm. I don't have any... I don't have any of the bonds I was supposed to have. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, this free-floating, you know, comet in orbit. I'm just floating around in space just, mm-hmm. just by myself. So it's very, like... It definitely is very scary when you sense, okay, me and this person are getting close. I'm supposed to be there for them. They're going to be there for me. It's just, it's just really scary. Mm. And very, it doesn't feel like this is normal. It doesn't feel like this is right. Cause your normal is. Yeah. Comet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you think? I mean, apart from this podcast, like really what are the next? I mean, I guess you're still trying to figure out how to move forward. Yeah, it's tough. I obviously need practice. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to use the word practice, but I need to like start going through the motions but then it's just finding the right person mm. you know it's just like yeah it's just at finding the right person who you feel safe enough to be vulnerable with you know to work on these things mm-hmm. and that in itself is already a challenge Mm-hmm. Right, for just like normal people dating is already tough in 2021. With but also to find that, yeah, so it just feels like, yeah, difficult. And I also don't feel in a rush as well. Like I do and I don't. Like I don't feel in a rush in terms of like the the timeline, the biological clock. I feel more in a rush. Like I should be working on these things, and I, I want to be working on these things. Mm-hmm. But there is no biological rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, so it's a lot of conflicting things. I definitely think, though, that I support more the former, you know, route of you mending need, the relationship. Yeah, like more mending whatever's happened, or you know. kind of dealing with it yourself first because even if you let's say you find that person right Mm -hmm. and you open up to them you tell them all this that person is never going to be the person who gives you this yeah like the magic uh, answer yeah, 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 yeah you know sure you'll be able to share that with that person but ultimately you'll still go through 
that same commitment issue at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know also some people who have had poor relationships with their parents and really one of the things, I'm not suggesting this to you, but one of the things that really made them face their, I guess, their trauma from their parents or whatever is when they became parents. As in when they had their child, they were able to get over it because of that or that forced them to go back to mend things? Yeah. To more like maybe understand why their parents were the way they were. Or... Do you... I feel like I understand why they were the way they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even a thing of like, I'm still angry. I'm still angry, but it's not, that's not the big part of it anymore. It's almost like I understand what's done is done. You know, it's not like if I understood why you were like that, it would bring me so much ease and peace. Does that make sense? I feel like when you understand someone's actions, like, wouldn't that then be... But I, I know why my dad was doing that stuff. And it was, in his eyes, in all Asian parents' eyes, the more strict I am on you is because I love you. Yes. Because I want what's best for you. Yes. So I understand that. Yeah. But it still doesn't change the fact that what you did resulted in this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So even though it comes, even though the intention... I'm sure was was all good intention, but the method or the execution was wrong. It still doesn't, you know, it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, hey, maybe maybe I'll text my mom to go for lunch and we'll see if she <sighs> rejects me or not. Will she? We'll see if she leaves me on red or not. <laughs> Why don't you just bring food and just? I mean, she's obviously at home. Is she retired now? No, they still work. Both my 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 mom works. I don't know where my dad works anymore. I, don't, I think it's been kind of tough in the renovation business right what now. What is your What did your mom do? Or she's a legal clerk. Oh okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Paralegal, or legal clerk, legal clerk, law clerk. So she works at like a law office or yeah, like yeah. a yeah, yeah. I mean, the easiest definitely would be to reach out to your brother first because at least you know your brother and you don't have a language barrier. Yeah. I feel like as an older brother, you know, it's it's a lot easier to come from you to kind of like reach out. Yeah, I should. When was the last time you guys talked? We sent each other late birthday text messages really like we always like forget and it's like a few days afterwards that's about it it'll be like happy birthday yeah. thanks that's it yeah oh my gosh yeah let me <laughs> let me pull up and see oh my gosh i think it might be like uh hope you're good it's like yeah i'm good kind of thing <gasps> oh yeah so i wrote happy belated birthday hope you had a good one he said yeah i appreciate it thanks that's it that's this is li- this is literally your only message with him yeah this was this year. Happy belated birthday. Hope you had a good one. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks. 
Yeah, that's it. There's no how are you. It's no what's up, man. Yo, let's let's grab. Drink. You know, what I mean, that's just. And I I don't fault him for it. It just is what it is. Like, do you understand now? It's just. Did that make you sad? No, because that's what I say when he's whenever it, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's not like exaggerations. It's just we're like a, a acquaintances. You know. I wonder if um, he has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I wonder if if he like how he's dealing with all this. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder too. You know, like whether he's going through the same shit because obviously you guys were raised the same way. You know. Wow. Yeah. That would be very therapeutic. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask him to lunch. It'd just be so weird. It can't be lunch. Like lunch is so casual. What it needs it, to be like we should invite him on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be like dinner and drinks or something. Like somewhere like Oh man, I would probably cry if I ever like really had a conversation with any of them. I think so. Yeah. I'll do it if you do it. What? Have a conversation with my parents? Yeah. Oh yeah, it'd be easy for me. Your I'll dad? do it. With your dad? Yeah. Tough one? About what? About how you feel. Oh gosh. About how you feel, what you wish was different. Catching up with him. It's not hard for me. Right. You think you cry? Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Used to cry all the time. Like whenever my dad like left, because I also like had this thought in my head like maybe my dad it does have another family and he's always um, like you know, like you weren't, right? yeah. That's tough. Asian parents, I mean Asian kids, immigrant kids. I should just say immigrant, immigrant kids. kids yes. Yeah, go through so much. We're all so damaged, and I feel like it's um. Back to was it episode two or episode one where I said like friendships a zero sum game? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you think maybe our our experience as first born Canadians is zero sum? As in we went through so much emotional shit, but it was for financial prosperity, for job opportunity, for education. Right? Mm-hmm. But there was ha- there has to be a a give and take, mm-hmm. right? We suffered so much at one end to have this yeah no 100 <sighs> percent. Is, is does anyone ever have like best of both worlds <laughs> a lot of kids right yeah no i was just uh talking to my assistant today about because she was saying like oh what should i buy my kids for christmas you know like santa's getting them this this and this and I already got them this, this, and this, but I think I need to get them one more thing. What oh should I get? God. And I was just like thinking of my, like I was telling her, I was like, I was, I remember very well. I was like, ever since like six years old, my mom brought home like, uh, like a secondhand Christmas tree that her coworker didn't want. It didn't even have like ornaments on them. It was just like a Christmas tree. And ever since I was six, every year I would put up a Christmas tree. No one in my family like celebrated Christmas. I knew at a very young age like Santa wasn't real because Santa never came to our house. Like 
we didn't have that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, your kids are so lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, parents nowadays bend over backwards to like, like the tooth fairy and like Easter bunny is real and all that shit. But like, I don't know if it's like an immigrant family thing or like a poor family thing. I don't know what it was, but like our parents didn't adapt maybe to the culture Mm -hmm. and we didn't have that. Yeah, no, we we definitely did not have any of that. Yeah. Like, honestly, we were even like lucky to even have like a tree like sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just so crazy. And I think now because of that, like she was asking me, she's like, oh my God, that's so sad. Like when you have kids, like, are you going to like, you know, do the whole like Santa thing? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like I didn't get that, Mm -hmm. but for sure, like my kids are getting that. Like, so yeah, it's. They're going to be so lucky. Yeah. And they will never know. Oh yeah. How good and fortunate they are. Oh yeah. And I guess that's what our parents look at us and think. That's so true. But it is what it is, you know. But at least I think, I think, undoubtedly, our kid, your kids, will be much better than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's you, what you want for them too, right? You always want your kids to do better than you, to have more than what you had. Does you it know? ever feel like too much though? Because even when, uh, for instance, we had one of our friends. Uh, their kid recently turned two and it's a big birthday party very lovely event and then towards the end of the party she started opening all the gifts that everyone got her Mm -hmm. i have nothing against it it was a very happy lovely moment for her for the whole family but it almost feels like too much like now every year she's going to expect like more and more too, right? Because she's only two. Yeah, like, is she really t- going to remember this? Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> what does a two-year-old need? Is this too much for a two-year-old? You know, and to be done in a public display where it's like, there's the aspect of who got the best gift. Who, you know what I mean? Where it feels like, this should be a more intimate family setting and where you guys just enjoy it amongst yourselves and with, you know, with a child. Yeah. Versus, you know, I have nothing against it, it's, you know, but I just couldn't help but think these things. Yeah. You know, and, and it could be because of my uh, history. Yeah. Or was I, you know, was, was I tripping? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's definitely like sometimes... <laughs> You know, it's very excessive, like nowadays. But I think every everything is excessive yeah. in what we do nowadays, right? Like throwing, like, babies, you know, like... Yeah, like just their, their first own parties. Birth, yeah, their own parties, like, those are excessive and, and just to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And then you're right, like, maybe now too much will now be... The, the next generation's problem. Yeah. I was just given too much. Yeah. And it's already showing, I think, with um, how sensitive really young kids are. Yeah. Right? They can't take someone having a difference in opinion or, you know what I mean? Yeah. They've always received like praise, like mm-hmm. participation awards, like, you know, everyone gets a prize or you, you, you get awarded for doing your best and Mm. then when they hit the real world it's like all these kids have anxiety and Mm. like 
they're scared to be judged and you know it's before you before you have your kid can you read this book called the coddling of the american mind okay it's a really good book i, I would suggest um all of our listeners to check it out too okay is it like a like what kind is it like a self-help book or is it like no a- it just talks about kind of just what we're talking about right now yeah, how yeah. um for instance, you know, if you give every kid a participation trophy, what happens uh-huh. when you try to make everyone involved, when, when you try to make everyone included in playtime? So, for instance, recess, right? Yeah. When we were kids, when we had recess, you just had your friends, you play with your friends. Mm-hmm. If I didn't want to include you, you can't make me include you, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, they make you include that kid. They make you, um, they kind of just set up a lot of guardrails and and protocol for free play and the book talks a lot about how free play is very important for children to figure out themselves Mm -hmm. what is the boundary that i can and cannot cross Mm -hmm. if i do this and i hurt billy i have to feel bad you you know i mean you have to give me the opportunity to go too far so that i understand that i went too far Mm -hmm. but if you always have someone monitoring them hey don't touch you're being too you're being too hard on them it's like they're not gonna learn what the limits are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so the, the book talks a lot about that it talks about how um uh just like things for instance um when certain kids were allergic to peanut butter uh you couldn't bring peanut butter to school do you remember mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, yeah and then how that actually made more kids allergic to peanut butter mm-hmm. because they were less exposed to peanut butter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it shows you it's kind of like a in a malcolm gladwell way where things you try to prevent actually you make it worse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so it's a really good book uh, if you're about to have kids yeah wow yeah no i will definitely yeah or check it out on audible that's what i did yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn yeah we had two uh very deep back-to-back really heavy episodes episodes <laughs> if you've been listening up until this point uh, <laughs> we hope uh we hope it was useful and helpful yeah you enjoyed it yeah, and definitely expect more of these. You know. Yeah, and it's been uh, an hour. That's crazy, eh? I know. It never feels like it. I know. Yeah. No, but thank you for sharing. It's definitely not easy. I mean, and even as your best friend, like I don't even, I, I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I've obviously heard some of these stories yeah, before, yeah. and you know, I, I definitely think. You should you should text your brother. Yeah. I think that's that's yeah. that's a good place to start. Yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe I'll meet him for uh, for not lunch because <laughs> it's too casual. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next episode. Did you want to plug our sponsor? Oh yes. Yes. I did. This episode is sponsored by Schedule 35. If you're not familiar with Schedule 35 or microdosing, definitely check it out. I should say testimonial for microdosing and and, um, shroom use in general. A lot of this understanding and working through it has been coming from because of microdosing and taking shrooms. Wow. Where I really taking hard looks at myself um 
really seeing things from different angles, really trying to be kinder to myself, mm-hmm. to allow myself to work through this mm-hmm. versus being judgmental on myself, um, has been through the power of magic mushrooms. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I mean... If you've never heard of Schedule 35, check them out. We still need you to have a proper shroom experience. We're going to organize this. <laughs> that will happen. Okay. That will happen. You promise? Yes, for sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye.